Welcome back to Pop Cultural Quintessentials with Cubed. Uh, you know the drill. It's Ruben, Jonathan, Jacob, and here's the rest of our discussion of our top 10 of 2021. All right. Speed it up a little bit more. How about we Speed each say our number six, and okay. then we can talk yeah. about it in depth if we want to. John, but you're number six. My number six, coming up at number six, uh, my one of the most annoying things, which we talked about. We've talked about this movie in a past podcast just briefly because we were talking about the SAG nominations. Uh, Spencer is my number six. Spencer. Phenomenal. Jacob? Uh, my number six is The Green Knight. <laughs> and my number six is Dune. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, I get. Jeez, you two have named movies that are near the top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can touch on Green Knight and Dune real quick, and then Spencer yeah. for a second because well, I don't think we can. We can touch on Green Knight and Dune when I get to them too. Yeah, we could. They... we could. Oh, we could. Let's talk about Spencer real quick, Jakey. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I haven't. Kristen uh, Stewart's phenomenal performance in here. Uh, she really captures the nature of mental illness and depression, anxiety, and all the complexity it's, of Princess Diana. Um, mm-hmm. But what were your thoughts on it? It's on your. I list. was gonna say I think Hollywood is just getting better and better at depicting depression, which is what I said when we when we talked about this movie real briefly in an earlier episode. Um, phenomenal acting all around. This just really shows you how scummy like the royal family can be. And yes. I mean like. Just look at current events now, what they're doing to Meghan and, uh, oh God, what's his name? Prince Harry? Yes, yeah. What they're doing to Meghan and Harry right now, horrendous. I don't really give that much of a damn about the royal family, but to know like what these some of these people are going through, very well done, very well filmed, very well acted, love the set design. Um, I mean, that's really all I got to say about Spencer. <laughs> yeah. All right, number five, JQ. Oh. For the first time, the, the our viewing audience gets to see the anime fan rearing its ugly head <laughs> in Jonathan. My number five is the conclusion to the Evangelion rebuild movies, Evangelion Thrice Upon a Time. Um, I came out that one's. Year. I think you can give a brief uh, thought on because oh, yeah. I don't think we can even yeah. respond to it. Oh but... no, you guys cannot. No, no. but what, what's uh, your first brief off, thought? Everyone, everyone, uh, Evangelion is currently uh, on. Uh, it's playing on Netflix, or like like the original series is on Netflix. Please watch it. The rebuilds are on Amazon Prime. Please watch it. This new one is basically uh, another conclusion to Evangelion. We've had a few conclusions before, but this is a very good one. This series, believe it or not, deals with some very amazing themes of like purpose in life, of human connectivity, of like relationships, of depression, of getting past your own pain and connecting to others, on re- about relying on others to make life easier, about the beauty of life despite the horror, like the, 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 despite the horrors that you encounter. Like the earth can be a violent and, and, and horrible place and a very scary place. And like there's threats on every corner, but there is like still light and there's hope, but that's only comes from within yourself and within the people who love you most. All of these things and more. Plus amazing, amazing animation, amazing action set pieces, amazing character work. There's always, there's a few things here and there that you know, you, you'll get with anime, you'll get with Japan, where it's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe not that. Maybe I didn't like that that much, but this movie, this, this most recent iteration of it is a beautiful conclusion to the Evangelion uh, saga. It's a beautiful ending. It's a, it's a beautiful new ending, and I thought that it did some phenomenal things with these characters that has never been done before. But Ruben and Jacob can't really comment upon no. that. And, you know, very good movie. Okay. Highly recommend. Watch all of Evangelion. Watch all of it. I'm telling you. I may give it a watch. I may. Uh, Jacob, number five. For you. Uh, number five is Dune. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Dune when we get yeah. to it on Jonathan's list. Uh, my number five, uh, I know I like this way more than you guys did. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines is my number five. Oh. It, um, made, my, it made my honorable mentions because I really did like it. So, <laughs> produced by Phil Lord, Chris Miller, um, who, you know, Lego Movie, Cloud with Chance of Meatballs, Spider Verse, 
uh, well, they could do Spider-Verse. But Sony Pictures Animation has really uh, turned it around. Um, I really love how they capture the complexity of a family dynamic within a fantastical, apocalyptic situation, plus the humor in it. It's not like, hey, how are you doing, fellow kids? It's actually, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's current. I feel like it actually has, like, it's thumb on the pulse on, like, what Dep the world is now. Depending on who you are, because my girlfriend did not like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've heard that. Uh, you too, real quick. It's so good. Uh, your thoughts on this one. I am in love with the animation medium. I have just, I have become fully absorbed in, like, my admiration of it. And I mean, like, clearly, like, Evangelion being up here. But, like, like I just, the animation in this movie, so well done, so well realized, so well, like, performed, zany, over-the-top, good way of mixing media. Uh, it's hilarious. It's heartfelt. It's heartwarming. Like, I have not laughed as hard, it, 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 like, it, like, watching a movie as I did while watching this. Uh, it's really just a, a testament to, like, the year that this thing didn't make my yeah. top ten. Like, just how good of a year it was. But, yeah. Uh, Jacob, your thoughts yeah, real quick on uh, the Angels versus the Machines. It's a, I'd say it's a good family movie, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think, like, unlike, unlike what you guys were saying, it's kind of like, it's got this weird feel to it where just, like, it feels like a movie that came out like years ago, but at the same time, it's like dealing with topics of the, of the day, if that makes any sense. You know, I mean, it kind of just feels like a 2010 movie, but like, I, I don't know, like with the animation, I guess, in, in some sense, and even mm. like, I, I don't know if that makes any sense it to It makes you a guys, little bit of sense. But like, um, I don't know. Uh, and especially, I, I feel like the music... Uh, also, like the that song is a little old, but like uh, oh, the Lady uh, yeah, Gaga, song the Lady Gaga song, and so that also probably gave it that sense where it, like you know it felt like oh, it came out years Gaga ago. Song. Oh, which Lady Gaga song? Uh, I don't know if it was Lady Gaga. What's it? What maybe it? maybe it's not. I don't know. Which one? Which one are you talking about, Maddie? Yeah, I don't think that's Maddie. Lady Gaga. That's not Lady, that's Lady Gaga. That's not Lady Gaga. No, really. That's that's old internet though. Some of the some of these young kids yeah. I never heard Maddie. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen the original video. <laughs> All right, but it's a good movie. It's a great. It's a good movie. Yeah. JQ, you're number four on your list. Like number four. I know that this is probably Ruben's number one, um, but. I still enjoyed it quite thoroughly, and I'm surprised it actually ended up this high on my list while I was like editing it. Uh, the Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Shockingly, shock my number two this year. Really? Yeah. Holy crap! But we can All talk right. about the Suicide Squad when we get to yeah, my number that two. That is my number two as well. That's your number two as well. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, yeah. He had Tick Tick Boom number one, if you remember. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, what are you guys at number four? We can talk about Suicide Squad. Uh, my number that. four is uh, No Way Home. Actually, my number four is No Way Home as well. Um, that made my honorable mentions. It did not what? make it. Not say, yeah. Okay. Well, I was between. I was between putting the Snyder cut. Or No Way Home. I was like, one of these two superhero movies has got to go up there. And Snyder Cut beats it just by a little bit. Just by a little bit. Yeah, we won't go into too much detail since we already did like a two-hour podcast no. talking about No Way Home. And we yeah. gave all our thoughts on that. Yeah, but just to, just to summarize, um, greatest film Marvel's Studios has made, in my opinion, is this film. Um, the emotion emotional aspect, they finally nailed that with a Marvel movie. They didn't let the humor get in the way of the story or the emotion of the film for once, um, which I was so grateful for. No core joking around about Asgard blowing up at the end of Ragnarok type stuff. Foundations are still strong. So stupid. But just without spoiling it, the legacy of Spider-Man throughout the entire run, starting with Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin in the original Raimi uh, tr like trilogy and going all the way to here, just the way they explore the entire legacy of Spider-Man as a Spider-Man fan. I don't think you can make a Spider-Man film that's better than this. Yeah. I don't think you can make a Peter Parker story that captures his essence as well as what they did here. And they effing took parts of one of the worst storylines in comics without giving away what they did, obviously, because that would spoil the movie. One More Day, which is reviled in the comic community. They somehow took elements of that, put them into this film, and just phew, made magic. You want you very good film, but you want to know why it didn't make my top ten? Why? Why? Willem Dafoe didn't have he he 
He didn't, he didn't have the, oh my he didn't god. Have the, he didn't have the roast. He didn't have the oh roast. Oh my god. He didn't have, uh, where were his where were his waves? Where were his waves? We had a chance. Comic Jesus. accuracy. We had a chance, man. Where is that do-rag for all that time? <laughs> Jacob, your Jesus quick thoughts Christ. on your summary of your thoughts on No Way Home. Right, my, okay. Um so I know he's also so upset about the waves. I am not upset about the waves, bro. I'm honestly like I'm in the minority when I say like I like the I like the helmet from from uh oh, the Raimi movie. Yeah, the Raimi movie for Green Goblin. I feel wow. like it, Yeah. I'm, I, I know the dirt become the dirt I walk on. I know. I know. Talk all your shit, bro. I don't I don't care. <laughs> I still like that. I, I mean I still like the helmet. I think I think they should have just threw on the the hood over the helmet. Honestly, I love it. Power Power Ranger looking ass. Power dude. Ranger looking ass. Okay, anyway. Um so to to get serious again. Uh like I think this movie provides closure to all the Spider-Man movies, you know, especially the, the Amazing Spider-Man, because that ended on kind of like, like, you know, you wanted to see more of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Um, I'm sorry if you didn't know Andrew Garfield was in Spider-Man No Way Home, but God damn, if you, if, if, you, if you didn't know, well, <laughs> now you know, okay? God damn. Go watch this Toby movie. Just, no, just go, left, go watch this they movie. Left, if you they have left not Toby watched out. this movie, then that's your fault, all right? That is her own fault. It's been out for like two or three months. Two months at this point. At this point, so just go watch it. It's a great. It's a good movie. And if you if you're a Spider Man fan, you know, and you haven't watched this, I mean, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, you, know you should like, have your 22 year sentence reduced to 21. Exactly. You, exactly. <laughs> go go, go, ask, go ask your 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 judge, you know, to reduce your sentence. You know, go watch. This movie. Get a good Battle lawyer. Get a good lawyer. Even if he has a walking stick, uh, he he's better than he seems. He'll go get a lawyer. Um, maybe, you know. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. What is your numero tres, number three of last year, twenty twenty one? Why are you snapping? Lights up the Washington Heights of a different day. Okay, I think this might be the only one where we're all in common because I am in the Heights at three. Yep, same. We're all in the what? Heights at three. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. I know, man. It was a great yeah. movie. It's a great it's, adaption. Yeah, I feel like this movie, it, um, in a similar vein to Encanto, it's going to hit you harder if you're part of the Hispanic community or like a first generation kid. Because there yeah. are just so many themes in this movie that just hit you in the gut. Like, not only is it like like a well-filmed musical, well-sang, well-acted, um, well-choreographed, like, there's a deep heart to this thing. And like, you can see like... the a seed getting planted here for everything else that Lin-Manuel Miranda has gone on to do. Cause this was his first musical out of college. So seeing it on the big screen, seeing like your own culture for the first time on the big screen. Like I was so overwhelmed with emotion at so many parts of this movie. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's us. That's me. The moments I almost cried. I mean, clearly paciencia y fe. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say that one first. That's uh Let's see uh, the singer actress's name. Um, uh, Olga, I don't want... um, Olga Mirades, I think, something Thank like you. that. She I, I know was, her first name is Olga. She was so Abuela not... originally on Broadway as well. Yeah. And she just still knocks it out of the park, even though it's like a very different con like context for where this song is placed compared to the original musical. Yeah. Because if you listen to both versions, they're very different. But yeah. she nails the emotion in each one of them. Um, mm -hmm. That yeah, moment... And then Leslie Grace, uh, the moment I almost cried, well, I think I did actually cry, was uh, the song Breathe, where she's talking about trying to live up to family expectations. And even yeah. though, you know, we're more on the privileged end of the cycle, I'd say, us, compared to our fellow Latinos, Latinas, um, it's still emotional because there's still a lot of weight of expectations, especially when you're going off to college, which that song specifically is talking about. And, yeah. you know, we've both had that experience. Jacob soon will have that experience. Yeah. yeah, going out and being like, all right, I got to make something of the opportunity I've been given now. And it's stressful. And I know there's another moment in the movie with that same character 
in the park kind of goes to the same thing. It's like, yeah, I wonder sometimes who would I have been if I was born in the country that my parents were born? So who would I have been if I was like more connected to my past? Oh, when we're home, there? right? When yeah, we're when home. we're home. Yeah. yeah. Such a good moment. Also the finale. I know that's the last one you're going to talk about. Finale I was also going to talk about without spoiling the entire thing. That is the song. Um, so Lin-Manuel Miranda, this is really a personal piece for him to the to the degree where like every night he performs it or performed it on Broadway. He could never get through that one without crying, apparently. Yeah. Apparently, like that's, and I think that's the only time he's, had, he's ever had like that experience with a song. I mean, it's just hits that close to home with him. Because he still I, I lives in like... Washington Heights. So I feel like yeah. it's kind of by a, like, you know, it's kind of telling his life story in a sense. I know that. It's like, there's like autobiographical elements, I think. Yeah, it's not like, fully, like, obviously. Yeah, like, broad, broad strokes. Yeah. Broad strokes. <laughs> he's, he's, capturing, just yeah, he's, <laughs> he's capturing just like the Latin American experience, like just so brilliantly and in a way that's comprehensive and enjoyable, even if you're not a part, like a close part of that culture. Um, yeah, no, everyone knocked it out of the park in this one. Um, Anthony Ramos, I, I've got it. Like, I love Lynn. Great. He's a great writer. Lynn is an okay singer. I agree. But like, Anthony Ramos is Usnavi. Like, he owned that role. That kid he was great. is yeah. brilliant. Amazing. He's going places. Yeah. This entire is. cast is going places. Anthony Ramos has the new Transformers coming out next year. <laughs> Leslie Grace will be Batgirl at the end of this year. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, Melissa Baria, who played uh, Vanessa. I think she was in the new Scream. I haven't watched it yet. The only guy I don't think I've seen in anything yet is uh, Corey Hawkins, who played uh, Benny. We'll see if he yeah. shows up in anything. But... Also, uh, a shout-out to the one Panamanian cast in this movie. Daphne yes. Ruben Vega. She played uh, one of the Salam ladies. And she was also, I found this out recently, uh, Mimi in the original cast for Rent. Oh. oh. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Before Rosaria Dawson. <laughs> uh, and Mirabelle's technically in this movie. Mirabelle from Encanto. Stephanie, Stephanie Beatrice. Yes, yes. She's got range, man. Plays she's Carla got, in this, yeah. Yeah. You know, she, she, she's spectacular. Uh, I mean, God, we could talk about this movie for we hours. Could. Like. We could. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda stuck himself in here. It wasn't distracting. Him as the P.I. Guero was actually pretty you funny. You know what? You know what? New you and I are going off. Jacob, we haven't given you a chance to talk about this movie. What What do you it's, love about this movie? Yeah, man, it's so good. It's so good. It's everything. It's everything like you want to see on screen, especially it's it's what exactly like what Hispanics want to see like uh, on screens. I think. I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I know that some people were like complaining uh, about like not like the lack of representation and stuff like that, but I think like. I don't know. I, I think it does capture the Hispanic culture very well. It's the cultural experience, yeah. I think, it nails. It nails. And I, I think, think they adapted they're... the musical a bit from what it originally was to yeah. capture that even better in this adaption, right? I know, yeah. I, people always find reasons to complain. I agree. Because, like, like, yeah, maybe there weren't as many Afro-Latinos in this movie as you would have wanted. There were some yeah. in the... Not, not in the main roles, to be fair. A lot in the background, though. Like, if you look at the background roles, it's, like, a diverse, like, casting of people. You have people who look like us, who look like more, in like, a mix of indigenous and Hispanic. You have people who are just, like, just pure, like, light-skinned Hispanic. You have people who are darker-skinned Hispanic. One of the main yeah. characters is African-American. He's not a Latino, but he's, like, he's not Afro-Latino, but he is, he is Afro-American. So. And you got to look at it... Um... Not to minimize it, but th mm. these are like stepping stones, you know. Yeah. Like if this doesn't get made, then nothing with Afro Latinos could get made. And yeah. like I, if this is the last, if this is the destination, I feel like they failed. I guess, and I yeah. think the director even said that. Like this is like in response to the criticism about diversity. Yeah. His response was, "If this is the last step, we have failed." Basically, trying to build up. I yeah. I, as, I think... as, you know. Trying to get a, to the next phase. Yeah. In a, in a culture that has been defined by, like, instant gratification, that con the concept of paciencia y fe just isn't the same as it used to be. You know what I mean? You yeah. just gotta believe that this, that this is gonna lead to something greater. That like, And work towards it. It's okay to be critical of it, I guess, you know? But yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, but don't, we, like... We gotta, we don't, gotta work... Don't disparage the work completely. 
completely. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, was my like, problem with it. Yeah, because people are like, ugh. It's like, no, good. What else can we build on? That's exactly. What, it should Cr- always be a positive critique mindset where it's like, okay, first, what's working? Okay, good. That's what's yep. working. What can we do better? That yes. is how art gets made. That's how art gets better. That I is agree. how things have gotten better over time. Yes. Not with like people like lambasting or whatnot. Like that's not... That, that hasn't gotten us anywhere. The That's throw crazy. the entire thing away mentality, I don't think works. I think it has again, to be. Uh, again, it, there's uh, grayness in the world, I guess. You know, it's, it's what a, I'm it, getting It's at. another symptom of like the way that the world is today where it's like, yeah, you don't have this interchangeable part thing anymore. It's like, oh, the thing doesn't work. Get that yeah. shit out of there. <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I like the framing device in the movie. I'm not going to give away the framing device, obviously, yeah. but um, the way they structure the story yeah, with yeah, yeah. Uznavi telling the story to this group of kids. They will trick you. They will trick you. They will trick you. They will trick you. Um, yeah, <laughs> and they make you think the story ends in a different way than it actually will, and I feel like the turnaround they do in the last five minutes actually hits harder Yeah, I think because of how they the... structured it. I think the finale in this movie is probably stronger than the finale in the in the stage musical itself. Just the way that it ends, like, God, it's just the final just, shot of this movie is my favorite final shot of the year. Um, just yeah. how it represents the passing of generations again, without spoiling the entire thing. Yeah. But like from one generation to the next, one yeah. storyteller yeah. to the next, but how the story carries on. I mean, I guess that's the theme in a lot of Lin Manuel Miranda's work. Like yeah. how the stories carry on, who tells the stories. Yeah. Legacy. Legacies, legacy, legacy, exactly. Legacy. And that's really strong here. Um, but yeah. Who's gonna, th- who's gonna tell that little Kinkachu story, yeah? Exactly. Vivo! Gonna... <laughs> not on our list, but Vivo in our hearts, right? No. no. <laughs> the music is so good, though. In the... the plot? Mm, the music? Hey, you know what I mean? It's really right. So, JQ, your number two film of the year. On number two. <clears throat> He's the green-headed number one. Yeah, he has the yeah, green-headed number up. one. Shut up. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to no have spoilers. a full... That's going to be a full... No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. At oh. number two, I got Dune, baby. Dune, Dune is my... God, I mean, I have it at six, but that's just again a testament to how strong the year was. Of I film. And I think part of that was because so much stuff from 2020 got pushed back. They would push back the good stuff and release the shit <laughs> in 2020 because then you, yeah. oh, we have to hold on to the good stuff because then we'll make the most money this way. So all the crap got released in 2020. Still. Quick, release Medea 15. <laughs> There's a new Medea movie coming out. I didn't have F- that in the are news you stories. Serious? Are you serious? Yeah, Tyler tired the character. Tyler Perry just wants a, an excuse to dress in drag. Bro, it's okay. You can go out into exactly. the streets. You exactly. can literally, you can do no. that anywhere, man. Please stop. No. Stop putting it on the big except, screen. And try accept to yourself, bro. Accept yourself, bro. Fully accept yourself. Uh, yeah. Embrace it. I stand with you. Yeah. Dune was at six for me. Jake, where'd you have Dune again? I, I had Dune at five. Around. At five. Okay. So... Actually, JQ, you have it highest. You start out. What, <laughs> what do you think of Dune? So, as a preface, uh, before this movie came out in 2020, a few months before it was originally going to come out, I decided to read Frank Herbert's masterpiece, masterpiece, Dune. Uh, uh, when the movie didn't come out, I ended up reading Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. And then I was going to stop there. But in my drawer right here, which you cannot see, I hold God Emperor of Dune. So I am very much in the world of this world. I'm not holding a book in the drawer, not in my <laughs> hand. <laughs> For all people know, I could be but a horse. You know what I mean? They've what? never seen my face. What? What are we talking about? Bojack? Dune. Dune is. Would you shut the hell up? Dune is a phenomenal book, and um. I, I, I will admit, I was horrified. The original uh, interpretation of this movie that came out in the 70s by David Lynch, um, not great. Not exactly David Lynch's fault, though, because it was a lot of studio interference. But also, I don't know if I would ever give something that plot-heavy to David Lynch. Yeah, that man is a very... Do you think this is filmable as one movie? Just to ask you that question at this point. Like I... this whole thing? Like the Dune book. Like also, what David who's Lynch... knocking in the background? 
I don't know, bro. That's a good question. <laughs> Jacob, I'm going to kill you. Jacob, stop. Hey, bro, <laughs> my Jimmy Jobs is here, bro. I got to go. <laughs> Damn. Put your shit. My, my, spi- my spicy my East Coast Italian sandwich. Man, I that will that either, that will that will give you an ulcer. That will give you an ulcer. <laughs> oh you will not Lord. you will okay. not shit right for a month. Ruben, what were you asking before? <laughs> Do you think doing is filmable as one uh, one as movie? One movie. Yeah, because I yeah I agree. Impossible. I agree. Actually, impossible. I I I made it halfway through that book before knowing that Dune was gonna be just a part one, and I was like, no. No, 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 no. They better be making multiple movies. This is impossible to adapt. And I was scared. I have a lot of confidence in Denny Villeneuve as a director. Oh, he's a great I, director. He has some of my favorite movies that I've ever seen. Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. I still want to watch Incendies and Prisoners and all of his other work and yep. Enemies. But, like, this movie has so much legacy behind it to uphold. And it can be so easy to fail that. And yet... Like, beautifully done, beautifully filmed, beautifully acted. The The special effects are top of the line. The sound design is top of the line. Mm. The, the The soundtrack is phenomenal. Great job to, ha- yeah. to Hans Zimmer for making another just, like, and amazing background movie. It's, Something completely different than what we've seen before in the past. And that's, that's, that's what I, the word I'd use to and describe the, it. And the yeah. epic Aquaman crossover. Like, God. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Killed him. <laughs> Jason Momoa is actually a phenomenal. The casting like phenomenal was on actor. the the yeah, casting, casting was, on, was point. on point. They got there an A-list no cast. There is no one I could see playing Paul other than Timothy Chalamet. That that because you need someone who is like who's like almost like this young messianic kind of the dude, but who can also have like a lot of darkness to him and can be like not the hero all the time. This might be a spoiler for later in the books or later in the series, but none of these characters are meant to be perfect. And from the very beginning of this, you can see that setup. You can see these characters being human beings and making mistakes and doing things that are questionable. And it's phenomenal, dude. It's phenomenal. I love this movie. Yeah, the casting's on point. Uh, we already went through Jason Momoa, Timothy Charlemagne, but like Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica, the yeah. complexity of that character, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, yes. who was misused in Star Wars, finally getting his due in a big budget film. I yeah. am thankful. Big budget um, sci-fi as well. Specifically big budget sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh Brolin. I mean... Josh Brolin's Josh Brolin. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, Which Skarsgård was in this one? I always forget his... There's too many Skarsgårds. Stellan, Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh amazing my. job as Duke Harkonnen, dude. Foreboding. <laughs> and what, this, is, I, this man has never made me frightened, all right? I saw this man running naked through Stonehenge in the second Thor movie, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't scary? That's a no, little scary. Uh, uh, I mean, insane, not for man. the not for the reasons that Stellan would want, though. You know, <laughs> it's more like, wow, that many kids from that little thing. That's insane. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Uh, no, but he has a phenomenal screen presence in this, and so it is. Oh God, he played Polka Dot Man. I always forget him. He oh, also shoot. like I can, for his little. I can pull him up. He's, he, he's a character actor. He does these bit parts in a lot of movies, and like God, David Desmalchian. David I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets more and more work because I've seen him pop up in little places over the years, and he's just phenomenal. He 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 takes what's given to him, and he just excels at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, very good work all around. I mean, oh. Greg Fraser, you were talking about the cinematography earlier. I mean, it's phenomenal. You feel like you're on this planet. If this doesn't sweep the technical awards at the Academy Awards this year, what are we doing? Like the production yeah. design, the costumes, everything. Every yes. single thing. It is so hard to bring the complex world of Dune to life. There are so many moving parts. There are so many – like Frank Herbert spent five years alone developing the ecology of, a, of, of, of Arrakis and figuring out how it worked and figuring out what the life cycles was like, how what it used to be, how it became a desert, like all of these things and like – and you know that De- that Denny approached it with that same emotion. He took a year to develop the sandworm, like the, the sandworm design. He took a, an entire year just to figure <laughs> that little part out. Like, there's so much love 
like in this movie, you can tell that Denny's just a huge fan of the source material, that he's been waiting to film this for like his entire career. This is like this is the beginning of I think what will end up being like his best work, honestly. This is his Lord of the Rings, this is his Star yeah. Wars or this is his big franchise. This is what yeah. Denny Villeneuve will be remembered for. Yeah. In the I'm Arnold's so effing happy that it that the sequel is greenlit. I yes. am so ready for this, man. Jacob, your thoughts on Dune? It, it, it was great. It, I, I loved it. I loved it a lot. Um, thing is, I, I yeah, obviously I haven't read the book, so I can't really like say much mm-hmm. for like the the uh, you know the second I guess, part. Like, yeah, yeah, second part, and also like how well or how you know the the I guess like what I want to say is like how they moved from you know words to film so i didn't i i don't really like know much i don't have much to add there the, so like uh the book is still better the book Just is saying. still better, better <laughs> I mean, the book's yeah. always going to be better yeah. you can, yeah. you can expand on it more i feel like the only on way it's like if you make a tv show out of a book then you could do yeah. like every little part of the book but yeah. then i heard children of dude had a good tv show with james mcavoy mm. in it but the sci-fi channel it. anyway jacob but i thought it was i thought it was great yeah this cinematography especially i, I loved um uh zendaya i was kind of disappointed <laughs> just that she was in every like trailer and then like got those tickets yeah they got to sell those tickets and then she's yeah. like in only like five minutes of the movie yeah no i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't gonna I, when i when i heard that it was only gonna be a first part movie i'm like i didn't want to tell you guys but i was like yeah no, she's not i was like she's not gonna be in this movie <laughs> but they got a powerhouse for the sequel especially they, they since you know some of the cast members might not be there anymore. Yeah. I won't spoil who yeah. lives or dies in this. But I'm you know. excited to see. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Javier Bardem, right? Is that? Who yes. is? Oh yeah, he didn't have much to do in this one. Does he, he have more no, to do in the sequel? Stilgar is a great character. He's he in more the time. first. Yeah. He's in the first, second, and third book. So, oh well, shit. Is that a spoiler? He's, he, I, I mean, now I, a, we know he lives now, huh, Jacob? Yeah, we know he lives. He, now. He's gonna be alive for a while. Okay, he's a very <laughs> important part of Dune. He's uh, he ends up, dude, like, oh, I'm glad Javier got this. Like, this is a very important role. So, like, if it's done correctly, it could be just, like, a cherry on top to just all the other, like, layers that are working within the yeah. Dune, within the Dune. Like, and I universe. will say, hi, I think it's the highest grossing of the WB HBO Max um, oh, damn. releases last really? year. Yeah, I think it passed Godzilla Kong eventually. It was phenomenal, dude, because it had substance. It did all right. Substance. This thing was hyped for years, to be real. This this yeah. Dune movie. Oh, I um, was I was like very I was excited before I read the book. And then after I read it, I was like, oh my god. I am very <laughs> interested to see what they do. Sorry. First off, I'm very interested to see what they do in the sequel, you know? Or I get is it a sequel or is it just a wrapping a, up of this story? What like, do I even call it? Yeah, is it is it just I think it's a sequel. Is it the same? It's like the same book, right? Like it's, yeah, this yeah. is the second half of the the book. first book, right? The, yeah, the first book. Yeah. I don't. You think they'll make three? Because I've heard some people saying three instead of. Denny three. wants to make three. Denny wants to adapt. Uh, what's the second? Dune Messiah as its own movie is what he wants. Yes, to do. that's his goal. That, that is where that is where you can end. Honestly. The, like I mean, after that it gets crazy. No spoilers, but giant worms and human. I beings. I heard I heard human beings turn into worms or something. Yes, it's it, the same yeah, worms. Like they fuse with each other or something. What? It, it gets wild. Of, what is this? A first, on Titan, bro? <laughs> yeah. Look, the first and second book phenomenal. The third one really good. Then it got weird. Uh, I wasn't gonna read the fourth one, but I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and read it. But yeah, this gets weirder over time. But Paul's arc is beautifully like covered in that first and second book you could end it there and that's such a satisfying ending for the character like is it is it the potentially the happiest ending possible i mean that 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 is I there even a happy can there be a happy ending in dune it doesn't seem that way uh for especially for a messiah or a false messiah you know we'll see yeah exactly yeah don't spoil it obviously yeah. all right Jacob, anyway your guys anything, number two. anything you want to add to dune before we move on and then you can give your number two after that uh, nah, I don't have anything okay. else to add. So what's yeah. your number two? My number two is, um, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's my number two. Um, Dang. here, you, you talk about the Suicide Squad, Jacob. We well, talk about it first. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's unconventional, obviously. It's, yes, uh, 
it's very different from the other movie that came out that, uh, you know, um, is poorly made. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible movie. <laughs> I like how you were like, you tried to make it professional by saying poorly made, and then you just switched to just like, no, yeah. it's horrible. It's, it's not good. It, it's just bad, bro. That, that might have been some studio interference, but let's be real. I don't think there's a good movie in there. There's not. I, think, I think there's a watchable movie <laughs> Anyway, Will Smith is like the only saving grace, but yes, even he then, is. like you know, that movie's just not. Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn was pretty good in that one. She did it. Yeah. I mean, she's done significantly better with better the character and, and, since yep, then. Yeah, like, I mean, it's just better movie, writing for the character. It's better That's writing. It. Yeah, it's just better writing. Anyway, so the movie—I don't want to spoil too much about yeah, it. It's, uh, it's hard to talk about this one without spoiling it. It's kind of hard yeah. to talk about it without spoiling it. But uh, just expect the uh, uh, a surprising opening as if you haven't watched this movie. Oh, it's a jaw dropping. It's a opening. jaw dropping opening. It's you know, amazing. It, it sets the tone for the entire movie. Um, so, like when you watch the beginning, you'll know exactly what you walked into. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, shout out to uh, Panama because Panama's in this movie as well. Let's go. Panama is the stand-in for Corto Maltese. Yeah, Corto Maltese or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where like the the uh, starfish is at. You know, that's where he he destroys Panama. Did you see that? One? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that's, that's in the trailer. That is that's in the trailer. trailer. That's trailer. trailer. That's All right, that's not. I just realized that. Yeah, Star yeah. the Conqueror. Star Star the Conqueror. You know, he's in the trailer, so I didn't spoil anything. James Gunn, only James Gunn, only James Gunn. Yeah, only he could make that character actually scary without changing the design. (laughs) Yeah, somehow he made Ratcatcher, Polka Dot Man, Peacemaker, all good characters. You know, like well-rounded, not but like not flat characters. You know what I'm saying? Like they actually have some emotion and stories behind them, and like it's not. It's like it's they they have completely ridiculous powers, but like he somehow makes it work. And you know, yeah. it's almost like he challenges himself. He, at this he, point. he like looks for the most ridiculous yeah. characters. I think he he said Polka Dot Man. He found it like at the top of the list of like the worst DC villains. And I think that was a Watch Mojo list if I'm remembering properly. Yeah. But, like he pulled it from there. He's like, ha, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on. It's almost like he's doing it like to show himself. Ha, I can do it. Um, also, if yeah. you're wondering where Will Smith, Dot Man is, if you're wondering where Will Smith is at in this movie, uh, he's not. He's not in there. He's not in there at all. It's actually uh, Bloodsport uh, and Indris Alba as Bloodsport. Uh, honestly, it's it's kind of like a, it's a similar character. I would say. I think originally it was supposed to be. It was the supposed same to be, uh, but they reworked it because they don't want to write out. You don't Will Smith. write out Will Smith. Write, write out Will Smith with so. the potential he could come back for a sequel. Maybe. Yeah. It makes sense and I'm, financially. I'm, I'm, I. I really like Bloodsport in this movie. Yeah. I really like it. Idris Elba is just such a great actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, this movie's phenomenal, dude. Yes. It's, it's, it's my number four. Mm-hmm. But that's just because there were three movies I enjoyed better. But, like, like, this is really pushing the envelope on, like, what a superhero or comic book movie can be at this point. Like, James Gunn seems to be the one who keeps pushing the, the genre. The, the, yeah, the, p- pushing the genre, like, because, I mean, you have your Dark Knights and your Logans and, like, your really dark and gritty and, like, amazing superhero genre stuff. But you also, there's, like, this zany side of it. There's, like, this more comical side of the comic book genre that James Gunn is not only engaging with, but, like, like, like making better. Like, he's putting so much emotion and comedy into these things that, like, other people would, like not look into like who would have looked into rat catcher or king shark or <laughs> or blood sport or any of these characters before this and like yet you start feeling for these characters and you're like as crazy as the things that are happening are on screen are like you're in there with the characters you're, you never feel out of it or disconnected like it's so engaging and so well told and so well filmed like james gunn really like just as as Ruben says, he's a master of his craft, and like whether yeah. or not you yeah. think that craft is art, I mean, like arguable. That he's a master. What? No, 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 no. That's not arguable. This no. is art. This man. is art. Yeah. This no, is no, art. but I mean, no, but I'm talking about like I think it is, Ruben. I'm just saying like the people who are like really knows uppity about cinema. Like, How can you see the stuff he does visually in this movie and say he's not an auteur filmmaker? Like, I'm not even, I'm not, I know people say it, I'm saying they're wrong, JQ, I'm not, I'm just, I'm straight up saying there's no debate, they're wrong, (laughs) Um, 
just some of the stuff he does, like, with the camera, the shot, the shot of all of them walking in the rain with the Pixies music. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Um, oh, the we gotta talk about the soundtrack. Too, anyway, the we'll soundtrack. Finish, finish soundtrack. Um, but what I was gonna say, what James Gunn has done different than a bunch of comic book filmmakers, even those at Marvel Studios, is he's embraced the comic book medium. He, he like, how do I describe this? He's basically accepted this is what these are, and this is what it would look like if we actually translate what these things are on screen. Instead of trying to change it for the film medium, he's trying to bring comic books to life. Yeah, yeah. more so and than any not, other filmmaker. He's not trying. He's not. He doesn't seem afraid to like put on the onto film what he wants to be on film. You know what I mean? Like, cause like oh, he's confident as hell. Yeah, no, cause like some people are like, oh, we gotta change some of this stuff so it's easier to digest for the public. James Gunn straight up said no, giant starfish, and it worked. It's the and antithesis it <laughs> of how far we've moved from uh 1999 when we're giving the x-men all black costumes to now yeah. where we're giving polka dot man a comic accurate suit on screen i mean it's just the visualization of how much this genre has moved in the past 20 plus years yeah. um the other thing i want to talk about real quick before we get into the soundtrack um we were mentioning characters and how their arcs are really strong here um yeah rat catcher too just to say, almost cried at the end uh, with her final like act of heroism at the end without spoiling it. Somehow, it's so ridiculous when you describe it, but when you like seeing it, it's insanely good. And then Joel Kinnerman as a uh, Rick Flag is a godsend in this movie. In the first movie, he's an exposition machine basically. Yeah, but here. I mean, soldier with a heart of gold. I mean, is yeah. an understatement. Um, he's the one good soul here, and I, James Gunn captures that beautifully. He adds something completely different to this dynamic of flawed individuals. And James Gunn also captures that nature of the Suicide Squad as well. It's not black and white. Um, mm -hmm. These guys are these are characters with flaws. These aren't just evil individuals. And I really yeah. like that aspect of it. But, I think he all he's done the best, right? He, this is the best I've seen Harley Quinn in live action as well. Agreed. agreed. I'd say Birds of Prey is also very good. Um, but like this is yeah. like this is it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very well done. Her escape sequence, without spoiling anything. I say this time and time again. If you follow me on Letterboxd, uh, JQ Cinema, by the way. Uh, JQ spoke J A Y Q. Nice plug. Yeah, no, but like. I just I DC does action in a way that Marvel has only really just started to scratch the surface on through like Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Yeah. But like the 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 shots they do in these movies, like the only thing that matches them Marvel wise are things that are on the small screen. So like things like Daredevil, like the Netflix stuff, obviously that's like so good, but like action in this movie, amazing. Soundtrack going into that yes. also. We've talked. I talked about this in our Peacemaker episode, like, uh, or like our first preliminary Peacemaker episode. I, I still need to watch the next two episodes of that. Um, but James Gunn just has a way with popular soundtrack. Yes. He understands. Yeah. He understands like the important part of popular soundtrack, which is not does it, not only does it sound cool, but does it add meaning? Does it yes. service the story? Does it service the characters? He is very meticulous in the in the songs that he's picking. Because he's not just picking like the greatest hits. Like he'll he'll pick little like niche things here and there and bring them into the light and like he like What's seriously nuts, he makes some hits though. Like yeah. he'll put them in the movies and then everyone will be listening to him. Like the Guardians songs, I don't think anyone our yeah. age knew like most of those songs. And I knew some of those. I knew some of those as well, but yeah. yeah well, especially Guardians one. Guardians one had a little bit more popular music. Yeah. But then Guardians two, he really went in for the niche. Oh yeah, no Guardians two, he went over my head yes, quite yeah. a few times. Fox uh, on the run. Yeah. Like yeah, some Infinity of those I, Infinity War two. I'd never heard of Rubber Band Man. Like not once in my life. <laughs> yeah, I think for that movie, for those movies, the Avengers movies, he just gave the Russos like a list. Like here, here's something they'd have, and then they picked from that list. I think, <laughs> yeah, it's like here's a list of ten. Pick one, and they're like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like. 
really like I, I feel like that's about it for Suicide Squad but like rush mm-hmm. right out watch that movie that's yeah. a must watch. That, must watch it is must so watch. fun it is so fun it's bloody violent fun hilarious Jacob anything else to add no no um uh just oh I want to add stay for the end credits yes of that movie Watch, watch the the end credits and or yeah. like like the after scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It reveals one of my favorite characters of the movie. You'll have to exactly. watch it though. I won't say, I won't say who, I won't say who. All right, and now I'm... number one, which I think for the most part we have spoiled for all three of us. Um, yeah. But first, uh, we'll start with uh, Green Knight. Jonathan. Off yeah. with your head. It's such a great movie. I don't care. I don't care what Ruben says. Ruben is walking away. Ruben knows he he's fearful. He knows that he messed up. He's going. He's walking. I can see him walk. Yeah, he's running. He's, he's running. Yeah. Look at him. Look at him go he's because going. he knows yeah. I'm right. Yes. Because he knows he, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. This he's, is an amazing movie. Spectacular movie. It's it's good. It's well filmed, well acted. I feel like I said this about everything, but when I tell you that the cinematography for this movie is spectacular, it is dreamlike. It is mm-hmm. is almost like you're on like a hallucinogen trip. Like it's so symbolic and like everything has a purpose in it. Every little image, every little camera movement, every landscape shot, everything kind of pushes towards a central purpose yeah. and that purpose is like no. every every jizz are... rag jacob shut up about the jizz rag <laughs> <laughs> all right good thing no continue. but you're going off you're going this off. yeah this is a movie about <laughs> expectations this is a movie about the expectations that we set for ourselves about the people that we want to become and what we are willing to give up to become the people that 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 we desire to become. Is it worth it in the long run? Are the dreams that we have for ourselves really what is best for us? Like what what really leads us to happiness? What's gonna get us to that point of like satisfaction? And like mm-hmm. like what what are we gonna have to go through? This movie has such a deep and profound message, and it's just. I don't know. It's one of the most easily digestible A twenty four films that I've seen, like yeah. in, in a while. It is, it is just a masterclass in how to make like a film about about like the deeper meaning of life. It's I don't know this. It, I just love those movies because you can see Pig, Spencer, Evangelion, Green Knight. These are all movies centered around like making like like taking life and all its complexities and turning it into like an abstract almost like almost like drug trippy type of like adventure adventure through what it means to be human and what it means to be alive and what it means to like want something or to desire something or to strive towards something it just has so much to say and not only does it have so much to say it has such a beautiful freaking way of saying it yeah i love arturian legend okay this is just mm. It's so good. It's so good. Jacob, you go next because I liked it the least. I think yeah. out of three of us. I still liked it, but I'll talk about my thoughts after you both give yours. I just uh, I like what Jonathan's saying. Like I, I love the deeper meaning. You know, like the deeper. It's not just like a story about like the, a knight. You know, like trying to you know be like fight for honor and, and bravery or like whatever. You know what I'm trying to say? It's just like it's it's a it's a story about like really like kind of understanding and knowing who you are kind of right. and then like what what you can or cannot do to become someone else you know what i mean or like if there's meaning in actually trying to become someone else or is it, is it, if it's more worth it just to you know be who you are i guess if that makes any sense it's just like being yourself sometimes and you know and not getting the honor from everyone else or you know not getting that respect is sometimes you know it's it's what you have to do in life to just like you know just keep going i guess i don't know if that makes any sense i but wish like, we could talk about the last scene of this movie though. the last know? scene in the movie is, is great the, yeah. the last scene is phenomenal when he arrives at his destination at the end and he has to like fulfill his end of the bargain i won't spoil any of this mm-hmm. i'm talking very vague senses there is just a moment here where he kind of sees what life could be would be like 
if he, was if he went down, yeah, if he was, if he, if he took the honor, if he went back now before fulfilling anything, what would life be like? And okay, after hearing you two talk, I think I need to rewatch this. I think movie. you do need it's to rewatch so I, I think good. I missed some of the deeper subtext no, here. No, Ruben, 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 Ruben. Because I, I will say this in the vaguest way possible so you understand it. At the end of that little sequence, it ended exactly the way it would end if he just went out right there where he's at. No matter which way he was going to go, things were going to yeah, end the geez. same. So what did he want to be remembered for? Yeah. What did he want to become? What did he want to be go? Did he want to pursue something to the point where he could no longer recognize himself and be disgusted at what he uh, 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 at the person that he had become, or did he want to end things where it where they were as he was? Like, because yeah. in the end, life ends the same way. What are you gonna make of it? Boom! Mm -hmm. Phenomenal movie. No, I I still like the movie a lot. Um, like from a visual standpoint, from the acting standpoint, my issue was I think. I didn't like the ambiguity of the ending, but now hearing the more nuanced explanation of it, it's, I'm, I'm coming around. I just think yeah. I got to give it another watch to be able to digest I, it. I think I it, was, it was a lot on the first watch. They throw a lot at you. Oh, it's a lot. It, I, I, you missed it at the very beginning because you, you were running away from my opinion. Uh, he was grabbing a charger. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was basically saying this is like a, almost like a drug trip of a movie. It, it, like this and Spencer actually have quite a few similarities in the way that they present their imagery in a way. But they're but, presented this way for different reasons. This one's because yeah. it's like this fantastical element to it, like what's real, yeah. what's not real. Mm -hmm. And then Spencer yeah. also is what's real, what's not real, but it's also it's all inside the head. It's not the yeah, world it's itself. Like, that's it's like, like what? You know? Yeah, it's like what is happening in this in this environment that's causing Diana to break down like this. That's what Spencer's about. But this one takes it a whole different direction. I don't even I even haven't I haven't looked at an ending explained video for this because I do not want my interpretation of Yeah, and that's movie. completely fair. Like yeah. film and you know this is getting broader strokes off topic a bit. Yeah. But film itself, I mean it's what you take out of it, especially the well-made films. It's not necessarily yeah. what other people uh, believe about film. It's about, you know, what you take out of it. You take your own experiences into a film, and then those experiences dictate how you take everything in. Like, yeah. what connects yeah. with you? Like, with us in the Heights Connected more because we're Latino kids. A different uh, race could watch this movie and take nothing out of it. And yeah. that's fair. I, I watch Black Panther in a different way than other people do, or Black Klansman hits me differently uh, to use a different uh, thing. But yeah. yeah, it's all about, you know, it's about where you are, what's yeah. presented to you, and then everyone's going to have a different read on it, especially the yeah. well-made ambiguous stuff. Yeah. But Green Knight, for me, best movie of the year. Only movie where the ending and the last few lines stuck with me for like weeks and months to come like god amazing movie anyway jacob jacob your number, number one, one was... my number one was tick tick boom I you want to give a final thought on tick tick boom just to give you a chance to talk about it uh sure why not um so i mean obviously the story of jonathan larson i did not know much about i think i don't i don't think any of us really knew no. much about his yeah. story um but uh it's just like the way that he he's able to tell the story and it's not it's not just like the music I pretty wasn't it written by Jonathan yeah it was Jonathan like his Morris. one man show that they merged with his biography yeah it's just it's just well crafted well made um and they just like seem the musical so well with his life uh obviously some things are probably not the, ex the exact way that they mm -hmm. happened uh, but uh, I love the little warning they put at the beginning, where it's like all of this is all of this is based on true story, uh, true story, except for the parts that Jonathan made up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's just great, and um, it's just like like it's it's a story about like you know a, a creator trying his best to like get a get his product across, or just like you know get his name out there, make an impact, and, and I mean, mo like I think there's this one scene where like. Uh, his friend is saying, like, what type of an impact are you making by just, like, you know, uh, making a musical or something like that? But he's like, 
he's basically like, well, at least like I'm I'm doing something, right? Like I'm I'm doing something for me and not for like other people around me. It's not like it's not trying to just do something for to keep me stable. Yeah. But like I'm trying to like have some sort of impact. And his friend does come around to his way of thinking yeah. by the end of it, and by the end lifts of it, him yeah. up. Um, Spoilers. I mean, I feel like if we're talking about the broad theme, I feel like we could talk yeah. about that. That's not really a plot spoiler, and this is a real life story. Yeah. People could look up spoilers if they want. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that that thing, like, yeah, you, it's about you know, it's the human condition in a sense, not yeah. just art. It's trying to find a way to leave an impact on the world. Yeah. Like that's every something we all struggle. Which with. of course, Lin Manuel Miranda would be like, oh. Could I direct this? <laughs> and sometimes it's just it's just staying in your lane and doing the little things. Or in Jonathan Larson's case, he made a bigger thing than what yeah. m- many of us will make. But yeah, the sense is like okay. trying, which is okay. Like it's okay to just do little things and try to improve the world in your small little area, small little bubble. Yeah. Um, and yeah. sometimes it'll explode and have a bigger impact, but yeah. you can never predict that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But and you yeah. shouldn't try to just enjoy the process. Really. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, no, no. Yeah, I was. I was just saying. Like, I, I just love how we, uh, you know, in the movie. Like, I, I feel like it's very relatable. Like when he's trying to make that one song, and he's been pushing it for like years and years and years. You know, yeah. I feel like like every creator can like kind of, you know, relate like to relate them. to that. For especially, like I don't know. It just I just feel like they can. Like it's just like everyone tries and tries to do something, and sometimes it's just like won't come out. Over and over and over, we got it Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you don't get anything out of it, but you just got to keep trying. Is the thing. Yeah. I also wanted to add right before we move on from this. I also think that this movie came out at a perfect time because in in and of itself, like more like although it's like a story about Jonathan Larson and like there's so much creative things about it, it's also kind of like a final like goodbye slash love letter to like Stephen Sondheim and mm-hmm. the impact he had on the musical community. Because uh, I mean, not only is Sondheim kind of like a, a like a part of the plot in a small bit, uh, Sondheim himself cameos uh, his voice, his vo- like the voicemail was actually him, but like just the influence mm. that this guy had and like over Larson, over people that would come afterwards, his influence is just throughout that entire movie. And it's like a perfect way to kind of like, to like give thanks to Larson's legacy and also kind of send off Sondheim and thank him for everything he's done. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. My number one's probably going to be pretty quick. Cause I'm the only one who's watched this one as well. Uh, but my number one was West Side Story uh, by Steven Spielberg. I wish I had watched it. You have Spielberg. to watch it. You both have to watch yeah. it. I will rewatch it with each of you. <laughs> honestly, Ruben went uh, for context. Ruben went to watch this on his own with a friend of his without us. So we are. I'll just just a little, just a little, just little, a little salty. Yeah, Jacobs let me. Salty. Jacobs let me hear it. Like I've, 20 I've times. let you heard. I've let you hear it so many. times. I will let you but, hear it twenty times more. Yeah, the the music is performed magnificently. Honestly, the weakness uh, singing wise is Ansel Elgort. <laughs> which is, we shall uh, not speak of which we could go down a rabbit hole on that on his own um but <laughs> but everyone rachel zeigler um as maria is the standout here um maria. just she just exploded on the scene with this uh she's gonna be snow white in disney's remake um but <laughs> the remake is snow white but <laughs> but she if you want someone as the lead of that movie i mean you can't go much better than Rachel. Um, it's so, yeah, so good. The uh, the costumes, the cinematography is jaw-dropping. What Steven Spielberg captured on camera, you can see the budget of this thing. It's high, and he spent every cent of it. This is his passion project. I have not felt this pa- much passion from a Steven Spielberg film in, like, I want to say, like, seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, just the choreography as well and not just the dancing choreography but like the the way everyone moves around the scene during the songs even if they're not dancing mm-hmm. uh, what the blocking that's the word i was looking for the blocking is yeah. magnificent it really tells a 
like the story as well. Like you could just watch the blocking and mute it and you'd get the story. Like it was that good. Um, I think it's one of the best movie musicals ever made, quite honestly. And I don't think I can watch the original at this point. I've told Jonathan this. Um, but Which I think is sacrilege, okay? That's a, that's a masterpiece in and of itself. The representation and just the way this is done, I just don't think this story can be told in a better way than what Steven Spielberg did. He's the goat of filmmaking for a reason, and he like just flexed on everyone again with this movie. I mean, this is my best movie of the year. Um, he captured the emotion of the story perfectly. Um, obviously, the, the few flaws in it is with like the writing of the original book a little bit, but Steven Spielberg made a magnificent adaption of this thing. Shout out to Steven Sondheim again for writing the lyrics on this one and to Leonard Bernstein for- For writing the music, yeah. Amazing music. If you guys haven't, Okay, I got a music nerd for a second. Yeah, <laughs> guys, if you haven't listened to Leonard Bernstein, uh, his music, or you haven't seen him conduct conducting, do one of the two. He, uh, he, he. There's a lot of famous recordings of him online recording Mahler symphonies. I think there's a few Wagner ones that he did. But he's a phenomenal conductor, phenomenal composer. Listen to the music from West Side Story. Listen to Candide. Just literally, you could go down a rabbit hole, man. This man is amazing. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, th well, that's it. That's our top 10. So to that's run through them um, one more time, Jonathan, run through yours 10 to 1. At number 10, we had Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number 9, A Quiet Place Part 2. Number 8, Tick, Tick, Boom. Number 7, Pig. Number 6, Spencer. Number five, Evangelion, Thrice Upon a Time. Number four, The Suicide Squad. Number three, In the Heights. Number two, Dune. And The Green Knight, of course. Jacob? All right. Uh, number 10, Judas and the Black Messiah. Number nine, Nobody. Number eight, No Time to Die. Number seven, Don't Look Up. Number six, The Green Knight. Number five, Dune. Number four, No Way Home. Number three, In the Heights. Number two, The Suicide Squad. And number one, Tick, Tick, Boom. All right, and for me, number 10, Judas and the Black Messiah. Number nine, Tick, Tick, Boom. Eight was A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, seven was Luca. Six was Dune. Five was Mitchells versus the Machines. Four was No Way Home. Uh, three was In the Heights. Two was The Suicide Squad. And one was West Side Story, one of Steven Spielberg's very best films. I could gush about that more and more, but obviously you guys haven't seen it. So yeah. I won't. no, yeah, we'll do an episode when we've all seen it, right, Ruben? Yeah, we know we will. I, as soon as these cameras are off, I'm taking a plan to Nebraska and choking you out. I hope you know that. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. All right, and all to right. wrap up the podcast, little, as with last week, new story. We are going to do a final comedic story because I feel like it's a good note to end on. All right, um, this came from Newsweek. Um, defensive end for the Cincinnati Bengals, Sam Hubbard, um, said during a podcast Wednesday that he wants to dedicate the win, um, the potential win to the Super Bowl as a tribute to one of Cincinnati's fallen heroes, Harambe the Gorilla, <laughs> oh who died God. in the Cincinnati Zoo oh, in no, <laughs> Bro, dude, this is a chance. We can set it right. We can set things right. <laughs> Nothing has been the same since that MF and Gorilla died. Yeah, all right? Tell me what has gone good since 2016 since Harambe died. Nothing. COVID. Trump. Trump. Everything went wrong. All right? Yeah. There is before Harambe. There is after Harambe. All right? The specific quote. I, uh, I am going for the Bengals. I am cheering for the Bengals. <laughs> now you got to watch, watch the Super Bowl yeah, now. Right? I am not doing Why? that. But I will Super Bowl. Cheer. <laughs> Watch, the Super, watch the Super Bowl. I feel like we're telling you to watch the Super Bowl this year and it'll just end up being a bad game by yeah, sheer luck again. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> um, the specific question the commentator uh, had was, has there been any discussion around the locker room about winning this one for Harambe, bringing one home from the Lowland Gorilla? Um, <laughs> and then Hubbard said, sweet prince. I mean, that's our guy. That's our hero. I think that's known. <laughs> kind of goes without saying, you know, we're doing this for him. Takes oh, out, baby. Takes out for Harambe. Jacob, I mean, the the death of Harambe hit you hard. Oh, man. oh yeah, bro. It hit me hard. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't have shot that gorilla. They shouldn't have, bro. The kid. Was, the kid. I, man, did they not have tranks? Did they not have tranks, bro? <laughs> 
double trades. Come on. God damn. I, I saw there was a meme that's like, it was like talking about like the kids who are going to have it the hardest when they grow up is one, the guy, the, the, the dude who fell into the, into the enclosure with Harambe and two, whoever, like the kid that, um, <laughs> The kid whose parents started like the 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 great wildfire because of his oh god <laughs> oh god yeah. I am I am really praying that that kid just rejects the gender binary and that was all for nothing I'm just that <laughs> would be hilarious I so would laugh dude <laughs> all right so you know what. Super Bowl picks. Jacob, who do you think wins the Super Bowl? <laughs> Super Bowl picks. Yeah, since we're on topic, why not? I hope the, the Cincinnati Bengals do, but I'm thinking that the Rams will win. Um, I'm going for the Rams. I know I'm in the minority in the entire country on that, um, but I want uh, Matthew Stafford to win a ring, and that's I think true. Joe Burrow will have another chance. So Hopefully. And that's for me? I didn't even know what two teams were in the Super Bowl until you mentioned them right now. So I am going for my so I'm going for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I dedicate this win. (laughs) We are we are we are all winners in Christ, brothers. We are all winners in Christ. (laughs) All right, and that'll wrap up this long ass episode if you reach it to the if you reach the end thank you um i don't know why but i i want to thank you anyway yeah thank you for making it thank you for for hearing that do re me joke and somehow making it to the end which i know you have it this will probably be my last words uh because i'll probably be assassinated for my horrible jokes uh so i'd like to say uh eat eat ass smoke grass and sled fast that's it so That's yeah, it. we have entered a bi-weekly uh, schedule. We I, I, don't, I don't think we've said that formally, but yeah, we will yeah. release an episode once every two weeks. Um, in next episode, we will be talking about the latter half of Peacemaker and the Boba Fett show. Uh, both of which I have a lot of catching up to do on. <laughs> well, until next time, uh, JQ, you want to sign off? Do you have anything to say? Yes. If there are any potential sponsors listening, please help finance this so that I can make a profit off of make of wasting my time. <laughs> no, I love our little talks, boys. I love our talks. These are great. No, but I mean, you know me, JQ. I'm out of here. Either. You out of here? I'm out I'm out I'm leaving the room. I think we're all out I'm actively leaving the room. Oh, he left. Wow. See ya, Jonathan. See you in two weeks. And this is where we fade out.